again with this idea of what we're taught to like kind of suppress it as men is like no we gotta keep it cool it's like no if that thought comes up or that feeling comes up it came up for a reason and how we choose to deal with it how we choose to process it is a sign of our maturity and a sign of if we're becoming beneficial because sometimes we can experience a feeling and it will completely derail our day it will completely ruin everything and sometimes that needs to happen what up black man welcome to the beneficial black man podcast where we focus on helping black men to overcome mediocrity to become beneficial for their community by discussing faith creativity personal development and mental and emotional health management i'm your host jamile calpin how are y'all doing out there hopefully doing well hopefully you're finding time for an emotional release valve and you are making an effort to protect your mental mental as well as taking steps forward to become beneficial. Welcome to another episode of the Beneficial Black Man Podcast. Let's jump right into it. You know how we do. We start with the highs, the lows, talk about if we've done any creativity, and then I will get into discussing whatever is kind of on my mind. And I have some stuff on my mind that I really want to share. But first, let's do, let's start low and then build up high, you know, so bad news first, as they say. So low, Um, over this past week, the low for me is I, I feel like I've had really I think two things actually. I think I've had really low energy and I'm trying to figure out what that's coming from. Like I've had really low energy. I don't know if it's from not eating the right stuff, not getting enough sleep, or sometimes I think I just feel emotionally drained and it's really difficult for me to be present, whether it's at work or whether it's at home or whether I'm really with myself. It's just, you just don't feel like doing anything. So yeah, that, I think that was like the biggest low. Like my energy was just off majority of the week. There were some like, high moments or moments where things felt normal. But other than that, like when I was at the office and whenever I was trying to work on stuff, like working on stuff for the YouTube channel, I was just dragging. Like I really couldn't get my energy together. I couldn't get my focus together. Things were just off. I got to figure out what that was, was keeping me from feeling that way. So that this week won't be like that. Got to get my energy together so I can be productive and get stuff done. And the other kind of, I guess, tied with the low for the week is feeling directionless in life in general. (laughs) So with this channel, I'm committed to continuing to share content, share my own personal journey in the hopes of helping black men and helping our community to grow and get to a better place, particularly again, starting with black men. You know, I honestly believe if we want to see improvement and change in our community, we have to get better. We got to get better first. And honestly, really, I really believe that a big hindrance to that is our mental health, our mental and our emotional health. And, you know, the two big things there is really making sure we're believing and learning the right things, because I think bad thinking leads to bad behavior, bad actions. So we need to think differently. We need to think better. And I really want to subvert and change any of the bad thoughts that we've been conditioned to in my own life and what we see in our community. And I think that happens step by step. You know, you kind of got to point out certain things and deal with certain stuff. Um, And you just dismantle and uproot bad habits, bad thoughts, bad beliefs so that we can um, become better. And I think when we start thinking better and when we start feeling better, you know, mental and emotional health for ourselves internally, then that can impact what we're doing externally. And that's the for glory and for good part. But that takes time, you know, to work on that and build on that. And that's why for me, I'm constantly studying and learning and trying to get better with my own mental health, with my own emotional intelligence, with my own understanding and renewing of my mind, whether it's reading scriptures or reading books about psychology and sociology and stuff like that, because we live in a world and in a society that is trying to destroy us at every turn, 
if possible, to destroy us as black men, but also to destroy our community. And on the grander scale and scheme of things to destroy humanity as a whole. So yeah, you know, like I'm interested in that and I'm committed to doing that work because that's something I'm passionate about and that's something I believe in. Then I have other things like, you know, my day job, got to work at that and then other businesses or other things that I'm trying to get up and running so I can, you know, work for myself. I think I mentioned that maybe in the last podcast episode about becoming an entrepreneur, really wanted to work for myself so that I can have more control and freedom in my life and make a bigger impact for those I love and also for the community at large. And that takes work and that takes effort. And I get it, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or work for themselves. And sometimes not everybody's cut out for that kind of stuff. I have that desire and I do think I have the chops to, to get there. It just takes work to get there, you know? So in combination with like the low energy and then feeling kind of like disoriented almost, not able to like focus clearly on what I'm trying to do day in and day out, that was just frustrating. It's just really low, but it, you know, taking time in prayer, I'm um, talking to my wife, listening to like helpful um, content, YouTube videos, podcasts, and stuff like that. Um, journaling and get my thoughts together has really helped me to kind of recenter and refocus, so that I can get back to work and being diligent and dedicated and determined with what I'm trying to do. So that was, that was the low. The high, the high for this week is two things actually, two things, and I'm really excited about it. One. I'm very, very excited that I've crossed, with your help, I've crossed the 100 subscriber mark. So that is a huge, 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 huge milestone for me. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Very, very grateful for everyone who's subscribed and watch it, watches the videos and the content that I put out. I'm very, very thankful for, for you and thankful that you find enjoyment in what I'm creating, what I'm sharing. And my hope and my plan is to continue to create content that continues to, um, is, is, is beneficial to you. So, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that we've crossed the 100 mark. Moving on to the next thing, I guess the big ne next big milestone will be 500 subscribers. Let's go, why not? 500 subscribers, let's go, let's, let's keep going. Let's continue to try to make an impact and have influence and help people. You know, that's, that's the overall goal. So continue to grow in this community. And of course, let me know if there's ways I can better serve, better be of benefit and like a blessing. I know, again, that's kind of like churchies, church and ease kind of talk, Christianese kind of talk, talk, but really be a blessing and a benefit to uh, you all who are watching. Because again, I have my own ideas and things that I want to do, committing to following that. And then also like trusting in the most high that he will lead me and guide me to, to say what I need to say and, and to what, what to put out. But yes, thank you. Thank you for the 100 subscribers. This is a great, awesome uh, a milestone for me. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful. And we're going to keep moving forward. Dang, the second high, which they're around the same. I recently did a video talking about and discussing uh, platonic relationships. And I think it was received received very well. And I'm excited about that because that, that one kind of took me some time to really mull over and work, work with. Um, I mean, I take time with all the things that I produce, but that one I really had to like kind of trudge through to get it done, but I'm glad it came out well and it was received well. And I wanted to shout out Miss Deanne Matthews for creating a response video to that platonic relationship video that I think added so much more depth to the conversation because one, she's giving her perspective as a black woman and there's just so many good nuggets in, <laughs> in, in, in like insight and wisdom that she shared in, in her response video. And I'm very, very grateful that she added to that conversation. Because again, this is a conversation that we need to continue to have within our community. We need to have these conversations to help get to a better place. It's not just only on men and it's not only just on women. 
we have to work together. And again, like I mentioned in the platonic video, a big portion of that is having healthy relationships. Even if they're digital or virtual, we have to have healthy and constructive relationships so that we can build off of that. Because relationships are like the bedrock of community, of society, of, of culture, of all those things. Like we need that. So definitely a shout out to Miss Deanne Matthews for her response video. I'm definitely going to put a link there. And I'm also going to do a community posts because please, please, Black man, go and check out that video because she shares a lot of insightful and helpful stuff that is beneficial on that topic. So yeah, that was a high. 100 subscribers. Yes. Miss Deanne uh, Matthews response. Yes. All great stuff. Moving on to the next thing, creating. I didn't create anything recently <laughs> and I'm, I think I'm low-key bummed about that. I haven't really created anything recently. And I know the past couple of Saturdays have been doing stuff, whether it's been celebrating my wife or whether it's working on some other things or whatever. But I haven't sat down to do the create space, which uh, I think when, you, <laughs> when you're trying to get something started, the beginning is very often the hard part for a lot of people, like actually getting it going. So even say you wanted to go to the gym or say you wanted to change how you've been eating, getting started very often is the hard part because you need to get that momentum going. And then once you get it started, then it's maintaining it. That's a whole other thing. Different type of energy and focus and things necessary to get you there, right? So yes, I want to get this started with the create space, but I haven't really put the time and I guess enough effort in it so that it effectively takes off. And I know that's going to take some time, but I have to commit to it. And just recently, I think this goes back to the low. Haven't been having much energy to create anything or feel inspired to inspired to create something. And I think that kind of is like the challenge or like the balancing act when it comes to being creative or, or creating things. Again, I believe we're all created to create. Um, does that mean we have to create like machines? No, I do believe creating is a great tool and vessel for us to help help us to manage our mental and emotional health. But I also get it and I understand that sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. Like sometimes it's easier and maybe even more beneficial to just sit down and take a nap or sit down and talk to somebody or exercise or whatever, you know, like, but to, to create, there's still energy that goes into actually creating things. And so creating can be overwhelming sometimes. Creating can feel like a drag sometimes and I get it, but I, I, I do still think it's a, a viable tool and a resource that we should keep and utilize often in our lives. But yeah, recently, I think I've been struggling with creating because I think I'm mourning some stuff. And this is gonna transition into like the main topic, what I wanted to talk about. Earlier this week, I created a short encouraging us to really sit with our feelings and sit with our emotions, especially those that kind of just pop up on you. And I think it can be very difficult, especially as men. I think fairly recently, we are finding it okay, or at least learning and trying to be okay with embracing our emotions, embracing our feelings, learning how to be more sensitive, not only to others, but to ourselves. And that's a learning curve. Like emotional intelligence is a skill set. That's something that can be learned. Learning how to manage your mental health takes work, effort. It's a skill set, something that needs to be de developed. Learning how to more effectively express yourself is a skill set. Learning how to process your feelings, listen to them, identify them, in how to respond to them effectively. All of these are skill sets. All of these things take effort, take time, but it's necessary. These are skills that we need to develop in this work that we need to do so that we could be our best selves, so that we can become beneficial men, so that we can just be healthy humans in general. I think it's hard though, especially when you're not equipped with that skill set to know like, okay, I'm feeling this, now what do I do with it? In my opinion, I think as black men, we have been so conditioned to not embrace our feelings or to pay attention to them really in fear of those feelings 
and emotions like taking control of us. Because one, culturally speaking, and I think in this society, particularly when it comes to men, we demonize the idea of being emotional or having emotions. So we run away from it. We want to be as stoic and as robotic and as distant from emotions as possible. And it sucks because even with that, we demonize others in that process of separating ourselves and distancing ourselves from really what's part of our humanity. So we will say, oh, men aren't really emotional or they shouldn't be really experiencing these things or dwelling in them or resting in them. Because one, we need to always be focused and logical. But also that's what women do. Women are the more emotional. So if you are resting or experiencing your feelings, embracing them, navigating them, questioning them, doing the work of processing them, you're doing womanly things. And again, that's terrible. That's wrong. It's misogynistic. It's, it's misogynoiristic. <laughs> Big words. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. And it's also dehumanizing to us and dehumanizing to women as well. We have to learn how to feel. We have to learn how to embrace feelings, learn how to navigate them, and learn how to process them so that we can be healthier. It does not help us. It does not benefit us to just suppress our emotions. Sure, there may be times, say, that you are upset or anger, angry or like afraid or unsure about something. There may be moments where you have to not necessarily suppress, but like here for this period of time, I have to hold this for a moment until I get to a place where it's safe or get to a place where it's more appropriate for me to express this. For example, in a, in a previous episode, I talked about like road rage. In my experience in Florida with my wife, being near like a, a belligerent driver who was just acting ridiculous. And in that moment, I was very, very angry. Angry, I'm sure there's a mixture of fear in there because there's this crazy guy popping off, feeling disrespected in a variety of other emotions, you know? In that moment, I have to, or I had to be very careful about how I was going to express that, how I was going to respond to the situation. Because even though for some people, they might've felt like, oh yeah, it's okay for you to just pop off at the handle and then, you know, get in, get into an altercation in another state with some random stranger because you're feeling this way, that probably wouldn't have been the wisest thing to do for my safety and for my wife's safety. And we eventually moved away from that situation, moved away from that driver. And then once we were able to stop and we're in a different scenario, in a different environment, I was able to say to my wife, hey, I need to go walk. I need to go get this energy out. I need to get these feelings out. I need to get this frustration and this anger out. And now I'm more constructive way. And she was able to honor that, you know, and respect that. That's not suppression in the sense of like, I'm whatever I'm feeling, I'm just gonna keep it down and I'm never gonna release it. I'm never gonna express it. I'm never gonna uh, share it with anybody or even let myself release it. You can hold something to process. You can hold emotions and feelings to process, to navigate, to manage or whatever for a more opportune, a more productive time, a more beneficial time. And we should do that. In general, we need to sit with our feelings. We need to express them. We need to deal with them. We need to feel them. Because if we don't, we'll get hurt. Either we'll hurt ourselves in the sense that we're just bottling up things and that we'll start to damage our own bodies. It'll damage our own mental and emotional health. Because if you're just hiding your feelings, you're not actually doing good to yourself. Like if you have felt disrespected or if you felt alone or mistreated and you don't express it, now you can't fix the problem. You can't get better, you can't improve things, you know? You can hurt those around you because you're continuing to suppress things and then with the right trigger, you blow up on people and hurt people, hurt loved ones, hurt strangers, whatever. Like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good and it's not beneficial. So like, we need to sit with our feelings. We need to sit with our feelings, learn how to process them and not 
not be afraid of them. I think that's a big part. Like there's so many bad stereotypes, whether you want to call it toxic masculinity or tied in with patriarchy or whatever. There's so many bad thoughts, concepts, and beliefs that hinder us from really, again, being human and being our best selves. So instead of like actually being encouraged to say like, no, you can feel because you're human. (laughs) Humans have feelings, (laughs) you know, like it's okay to feel, it's okay to be not okay. Making space for that, whether it's in private, whether it's at a counselor, with, with a counselor, whether it's with a mentor, a pastor, or, you know, religious religious or spiritual leader, whether it's with some friends, whoever, maybe even with your significant other, you know, but like to completely try to get rid of those, to say, oh, these feelings don't matter, they don't exist, having these emotions or whatever makes me less of a man. All of these things that we've been taught and that we are taught over and over and over again in media, in society, and from a culture that doesn't actually want to benefit us, is putting us in a bad place. But we really need to be able to sit with our feelings. We really need to be able to process our emotions so that we can get to a better place. We really do. How I was just discussing about the creativity thing in regards to mourning and grieving. Two things that I I think unexpectedly have been grieving and mourning because again, these feelings, sometimes feelings just show up. I'm sure you've experienced this and maybe because of not having been given the right understanding of what it means to be masculine or how to process feelings and emotions. If a feeling comes up, you kind of just try to shake it off and be like, whatever, what is that? Like, you know, certain thoughts you might be like, ah, whatever, I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. I want to deal about it. I'm trying to be a man. You know, like you <laughs> want to push that away so much. As you continue to suppress those things, one, they may keep coming back up. And another thing is you may just become numb, which I think can be even worse. Not feeling anything sucks. It's not good. <laughs> like to feel that gray, because that's, that's how I look at it. That's part of that gray mediocrity to not feel anything, whether it's happy or sad to not feel anything is such a terrible life to experience. Like we were created to be able to feel so much more, whether it is a high or a low, we we're created for so much more. Life is made of colors. It's, it's made of highs and lows. It's made of blacks and whites. It's made of all of these things, uh, these poles, like polarization or whatever. It's made of that so that we can grow from it, so that we can mature. And then also so that we can actually relate to other people because other people feel, feel lows, other people feel highs. If you're at a graduation, you're celebrating you know, with people, that's a high. If you're at a funeral, that's a low. And in those experiences, people connect through those highs and those lows. People connect through those emotions, through those thoughts, through those, those shared experiences of humanity. And we need that. And it benefits us. It blesses us. Like that's why we need that community. You know, even before the idea, I think I heard somebody mention this recently, the idea of Adam, you know, in, in the book of Genesis and talking about the creation story, when the most high made man in scripture says, you know, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And very often people, I think in the church, like the focus on the idea of like, oh, he needs to get married. Um, so it's talking about sex, it's talking about matrimony, all that stuff. Well, in a deeper sense, like No, he was just, Adam needs to be in community. (laughs) He needs to be with somebody that's like him that can share in on that experience. And it doesn't have to boil down to sex. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to boil down to that. You know, it's just like, oh no, I want to be with somebody that feels and experiences the highs and the lows with me so that I can celebrate if I need to celebrate or be happy with, or if I'm going through something, be sad with, you know, to process and go through life with. Because yeah, sure, you know, a lot of people... (laughs) A lot of people have pets, whether dogs, cats, fish, whatever. But there's something different when you're grieving 
or going through something to be able to talk to another human being that can understand, that can sympathize, that can empathize with you. Sure, there's definitely, there's tons of videos and examples of, you know, somebody sad and their dog or their cat comes over and tries to comfort them and stuff like that. But that's not the same thing. You know, even if it feels comforting in that moment, as much as that person, I'm sure, who's experiencing that and feels that comfort or that, that attention from their, their pet, I'm sure they still want words spoken to them. <laughs> I'm sure they want somebody to be able to say, hey, I understand. I get what you're going through. Like, it's going to be okay. Not that I know of. Dogs, cats, animals can't talk yet. <laughs> they, they can't. At least not in language that we can understand. So we need people. We need each other to be able to process and go through those things. So the, the two things that I've really been grieving, one, when it ties to the creativity thing is, I used to make music. And if you see on the YouTube channel, I have some videos of when I was creating some music, making beats for my health. I think that's what I called the video. I really started making music in high school. And one of the one of the reasons I, I started making music is because I wanted to make a mixtape for my girlfriend at the time, like my high school girlfriend. So I was like, I'm gonna figure this out because I want to create something that she'll like. And of course I didn't have any money. So there's that, you gotta make a gift, right? So I made a mixtape with some other songs that I really liked that I wanted to share with her and songs that I thought she would like. Then I also put like my original stuff on there. I think I had like two or three songs <clears throat> that I made, terrible songs, but you know, <laughs> I think I was like 15 or something like that when I made them. No musical experience, like within my immediate family, nobody's really musical. Nobody's really, um, really that artsy, you know, artistic. Like my, I think my, my dad is kind of musical, but not fully. Like, you know, some people when they say, oh yeah, my parents are a musician. They were they were in a jazz band and they were a rock band, da da da, whatever. Um, that's not the case <laughs> for me, for either of my parents or my siblings. Like nobody's really like that. And so a lot of the creative artistic stuff I developed, I developed from the people I was hanging out with in school, you know, throughout my academic career and even in college and a little bit afterwards. Just don't know why, but I've always just gravitated or been around other people who are creative and artistic in their different ways. Um, the most artistic thing I think that happens in like my family lineage is writing. So my mom writes. Um, she's had articles and stuff published in newspapers and local newspapers and stuff like that. So, And my sister is an author too. She, she has a published book as well. So writing has always been a thing. So like in high school, I started making music and being around other artistic people, <laughs> being around other musicians and people, whether it's they were getting into rap or singing or whatever, just being around other artistic people. I think I do like an osmosis thing. So like I'm around people and I pick up stuff from them and I apply it. You know, that's how I kind of like how I taught myself, you know, it's by learning and watching other people. And so that carried over into college where I was really getting serious about producing music, making beats. And I guess a little bit on top of that was like rapping because again i wanted to be at the period at the point in time i wanted to become a christian rapper i wanted to save souls i wanted to go out and you know i wanted to be like lecrae or like cross movement <laughs> and like really bless people and touch people and share the gospel uh, that died like in college that was i wasn't going anywhere because one i'm not that great at rapping <laughs> i think i can write a little bit uh, in regards to rap not not that great at rapping don't have the you know like the <laughs> the charisma the gravitas to it or the skill um but i tried I tried, um, helped produce a couple of mixtapes. Mix I have actual, actually several projects of music that I've created with me rapping on them. <laughs> I think about like three or four different projects, which was fun to do. And the, the whole point, so let me sum this up. The whole point is like that became a really big part of my identity was music, whether it's producing music, listening to music, learning. For me, I was DJing for a period of time. Music became very central to my identity and to my world and even towards, I think, my community. Again, spending a lot of time with musicians, with artists, with producers and stuff like that. 
spending a lot of time. I mean, hey, my, my wife is a musical artist. <laughs> she's an artist, multifaceted artist. She does a lot of, she's a multi-passionate artist that does a lot of things. But I would think, and I think she would agree, her biggest main focus thing is singing and she's ridiculous at it. But, you know, so that was even a connection with us. And I think recently I've been realizing that I think that interest or that hobby or that passion has transitioned in my life. It's not to say that I don't like music or that if somebody asked for my help to work on a musical project or to mix mix a song for them or mix a project for them, that I wouldn't do it. I think I would I would do it and I would do my best. And I'm sure I would enjoy it. I think that well of creativity in regards to music is empty and also closed off. Not 100% sure why or how that happened, but I just think, and I think I'm, I'm transitioning from that to something else. I think it's a mixture of what I believe the most high has for me that with where God wants me to go and also just my interests. I listen to music from time to time. And very often when I listen to music, I just put on playlists from Spotify. So it's like this, this kind of mood, I'm studying, focusing, kind of playlist or the genres of music that I like. So I like dance music really. So whether it's like disco or like there's, so I, I like to listen to that kind of stuff. I like to listen to jazz. I like the things that either are very contemplative and, you know, kind of like lo-fi chill beats or things that you're dancing. So I'm listening to house music or EDM or whatever. Like that's the kind of the stuff that I like. But with that, I'm enjoying it. I'm dancing to it or whatever, but I have no desire to make it. And again, that, that, that might just be seasonal. It might just be where I am right now. Like I have no interest in rapping. I have no interest in producing beats. I have no desire to do any of that. And I think I'm mourning that and grieving that because it's been so tied to my identity for like the past 10, 15 years of my life. I really, part of my identity was like, I'm a producer. Well, I think a big part of being a music producer is you want to produce music. <laughs> and I don't right now. I just don't. And I also think there are other people who are better at it than I am, you know? And, and also it doesn't feel that fun anymore. So yeah, I, I think I've been grieving and mourning that and processing that of like letting that part of me go or putting it on the shelf or whatever, or being okay with it, it just going away and just like, it's okay. Like that was a season of my life. Um, that was very beneficial for me. And I learned a lot from it. Like, I'm not going to forget the stuff that I've learned in regards to producing or rapping or mixing or what, any of this stuff. I've learned that stuff and it's stuck in my brain. <laughs> it's there. I've invested a lot of time, money, and energy into developing that skill and developing that craft. It's not going to go away. It's going to be there. Seasons change. We grow, we develop, and we mature. And some things stay the whole time and other things only stay for a little bit. And it's okay to process that. It's okay to be like, yeah, that was fun. That was who I was, or that was a part of me at a period of time. But that's not where I am right now. And it's not where I'm going necessarily. And that's okay. And it's okay to be like, feel sad. Because like I said, I invested a lot of time, resources, and energy into that. And also tying it to my identity. But to be like, okay, I'm taking that name tag off and I'm putting it somewhere. Or I'm just letting it go altogether. And to be able to be like, oh, okay, music producer Jamile is now gone. And that's okay. It may hurt. It may feel bad because, you know, if somebody sees me, that they haven't, you know, I haven't talked to somebody in college or from college and they asked me, are you still making music? I'm like, nah, not my thing anymore. I don't do that anymore. It can feel like a, de you know, like deflating a conversation because it's like, oh, well, that's what I knew you as and that's where you were. Uh, maybe I don't have anything else to talk to you about. Yeah, maybe not, <laughs> you know, or you can, you can ask me about other things. Maybe we can talk about some other stuff. Again, letting that go and being okay with continuing to grow and knowing that what I did isn't necessarily my identity. I am ever growing as you are, ever growing black man, you're becoming, always becoming, becoming a better version of yourself. 
and a different version of yourself, ultimately for glory and for good. And that's okay for things to be let go of or to fall off or to get rid of it, whatever. Continue to grow, you know, process it though, feel it, have all the feels, <laughs> you know, get through it because that's what you need to do. It's healthy. Whether you're mourning stuff, grieving stuff, letting things go, whatever you need to do it. And the other thing that I was grieving, again, a lot of this stuff is hitting, hitting me unexpectedly, you know, and that, that's the I think sometimes the part that we don't want to deal with is that stuff can happen to us unexpectedly. You can be driving to work and just a random memory. Like this happened to me in the seventh grade. It makes me mad. It makes me really sad <laughs> or confused. <laughs> you know, like why I wasn't, I wasn't, th I wasn't thinking about this. I wasn't thinking about a seventh grade teacher. I wasn't thinking about this. I wasn't thinking about past relationships. I wasn't thinking about any of this stuff. I wasn't thinking about an experience that I had on this random road trip that I went on. I wasn't thinking about it, but it just pops up again with this idea of what we're taught to like kind of suppress it as men. It's like, no, we got to keep it cool. It's like, no. If that thought comes up, that feeling comes up, it came up for a reason. And how we choose to deal with it, how we choose to process it is a sign of our maturity and a sign of if we're becoming beneficial. Because sometimes we can experience a feeling and it will completely derail our day. It will completely ruin everything. And sometimes that needs to happen. So like if you've lost somebody in the past couple of years, past couple of years, even in the beginning of this year, a lot of people have passed away. <laughs> Maybe not in your life, but certainly in my life, whether it's close relatives or people I know and they have lost children or family members or close friends or whatever. A lot of people have been passing away and it's hard and it sucks. And you know, when you're in that grieving and mourning period, especially if it's somebody that's close to you or that meant a lot to you, sometimes they will just come up. Whether it's you walking by and you see a picture of them or you smell something that reminds you of them or you go somewhere that was like their favorite place to go up until that point. Say you're going to like a favorite restaurant of, of somebody that you, you loved and they passed away. You knew you were going to the restaurant. You were getting ready to meet somebody there. You're getting lunch. But only until you actually walk into the establishment or you pull up to the restaurant do you have the memory of the person that you lost. This whole time, it could have been all week. You know, I'm expecting to meet up with somebody. I'm going on a date here. Everything's great. But as soon as you walk into the door, it's like, damn. I... It just comes over on you. The feeling just kicks in. It just comes over you. And the thing is, instead of suppressing it, we have to process it. We have to identify it. But like, why am I feeling this way? Oh, because I'm grieving. I feel bad about what happened. I'm missing somebody that has passed away, that I lost, maybe around the same time last year. It's hard, it's rough, but we need to do it. And we need to be able to choose to respond instead of ignoring it or just letting it derail our lives. You know, and again, in the morning and grief processes, that, that in itself is delicate. Because sometimes, yes, if you've lost a loved one, whether it's a parent, grandparent, cousin, child, significant other, whatever, Sometimes that feeling is going to come and it will wreck your day. It will wreck you. And that may just be part of your grieving process. You might just have to take off of work because you just can't. And the thing is, and what I'm really trying to encourage is like, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And that's why we need to sit with these feelings. So like the second thing, like I talked about mourning this part of my identity that I think is tied to just the idea of being a mu musician musical artist, producer, whatever, all this stuff. And being able to let that go, let that ship sail or let it dock while I sail away. You know, I don't, I don't know. However you want to look at it. The other thing was processing um, previous relationship that I was in that now with the knowledge and information that I have with the growth I've had and with my emotional intelligence and my mental health and the journey that the Most High has been taking me on, grieving the fact that I destroyed some things that didn't need to be destroyed. And what I mean by that is like looking back, I'm like, wow, if I knew what I knew now, I would have handled that situation totally different. And the biggest part I would say is realizing that, which kind of ties into the, the whole video I did with the platonic platonic relationships. I think I, I could have more friends instead of exes if I knew how to just treat women as friends. 
and rather than a partner in the sense of like romance or sex or anything like that. I think I would have a lot more friends or even acquaintances if I knew and I had the maturity to be like, no, this person that I, I think is cool and that we have some similarities and we enjoy spending time together, they literally can just be a friend. We don't have to do anything together. We don't have to be romantic. We don't have to have any physical intimacy or anything. Like having that standard within myself and then also having a level of respect for myself, but also for them to realize that like, just because I like you doesn't mean I have to get with you. Just because we enjoy our time together doesn't mean I have to make you my person. Doesn't mean that. And understanding that like creating those kind of relationships, there's actually a lot of weight that goes to it. And you need to be a little bit more intentional, not just really going off of vibes and feelings like, oh, I just need to like, no, you, you need to take those relationships uh, and take people's hearts. <laughs> Seriously, even your own heart. I don't know why. I don't know why the thought just came up. But just, just realizing that like, damn, I ruined a great relationship, potential friendship, because I didn't know how to navigate positive feelings with somebody of the opposite sex. And I hurt them in that process you know, like feeding into and building up something that ultimately, in hindsight, I couldn't necessarily sustain because I wasn't mature enough to. And that sucks. <laughs> and that sucks. And I've done that like many times, or at least too many times. I think if you do it more than once, you're already, that's too many. Grieving that, that I've made bad decisions. I've made decisions that were bad, that hurt people. And I've hurt people because of my immaturity, because of my carelessness and my ignorance. And that's heavy sometimes. Like that sucks. Like, man, I was a jerk. <laughs> I was an F boy. I was an asshole. I was whatever. And it doesn't always have to be romantic situations. I think you can do that with somebody of the same sex. You know, like I was just mean to that person. Why was I, why was I such a bad friend? <laughs> why was I such a bad friend? Like I think about that from time to time of guys that I grew up with that were in my neighborhood and just being a bad friend, but I didn't know. And you know, so you try to have grace with yourself. You try to have grace with your past self, and even with your present self. And we're like, I was immature. I didn't know, but you can still grieve it. You can still mourn from it. You can still hurt from it. You can still feel empathy and sympathy for what you did towards those people. Again, whether it's family, friend, stranger, whatever. I don't know, maybe you've had those experiences where uh, just like cringe-worthy moments. Say you're talking to a coworker or say you're at a restaurant or whatever, and you just say something or you don't say something. And in your mind, you can remember that like whatever you said or you didn't say hurt that person <laughs> or made them feel, feel weird or awkward. And you're like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could go back and fix that. And maybe you never can because that person is in another state or whatever. And that feeling comes up. Part of learning how to manage our mental and emotional health and our well-being is being able to respond when certain thoughts and feelings come up. So if you have that cringeworthy feeling that comes up, you can choose it like, all right, let me look at this. What was happening during this moment? I'll use an example. I went skydiving six, seven years ago, whatever. I went skydiving, right? First time ever going skydiving. And skydiving is definitely, in my opinion, a life-changing event. Or we'll say it's an indelible life event because you're jumping out of a plane and falling to the earth very quickly and trusting and hoping that pretty much a blanket or a sheet of fabric is going to keep you from curling and hitting the ground and destroying your body, right? So you jump out of a plane and you're experiencing some of the craziest views that I'm sure you have ever experienced. If you've been, if you've ever been skydiving, let me know. Leave it in the, the comment section. One, if you've ever been skydiving, where have you been skydiving? And two, if you haven't been skydiving, would you ever? So skydiving, first time experience, right? For me, my adrenaline was probably spent by the end of the, by the time that I got to the end of the, you know, back on earth. In my experience skydiving, it's tandem skydiving, skydiving when you're, you're first doing it, right? Because you have to do like 500 jumps or something like that before you can actually do solo skydives, which makes sense because you don't want to just jump out the first time and then hit the ground because that'll be your first and last time, right? Tied to this person 
going down. He's a really, really nice guy, right? We land or whatever. In this video, he's recording the video. It's like a GoPro or something like that. And he's going to reach, <laughs> reach out to give me like a high five, right? I do not notice this because I just jumped out of a plane hurtling towards the earth very, very fast. My adrenaline is spent. I'm having a like, what did I just experience kind of moment? That's the headspace that I'm in, right? He's like unfastening me and I'm getting up and I'm just like dazed. But in the video, I can see that he tried to give me a high five to say, you know, good job or whatever. And I completely, completely <laughs> miss his hand. And I don't, I don't give him a high five or anything. I just get up and walk away, right? Because again, I am, I just jumped out of a plane. I just saw the earth in a way that I've never seen it. And I'm going to it really, 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 really fast. This guy, because he's an instructor at this point, has done this over and over and over again. This is like a cakewalk to him. I'm sure his adrenaline still goes every time because I, I can't imagine you jumping out of a plane, falling towards the earth and it not bothering you. And for you to just be like, oh yeah, it's just fine. It's, like, it's just like walking down the street. If you're at that point, hey, hats off to you. I can't process that. But for him, he's done. he probably, he probably did that like 10 times that day. You know what I'm saying? I just felt really bad because I can see that like, oh snap, I left this guy hanging. And he has to play it off. In my mind, once I got that video and I saw that, I just cringed. And I cringe every time I see it because I'm like, yo, I wish I didn't do that. And that feeling comes up. Those thoughts come up. And at this point, I have to manage them. I can beat myself up so much about it or I can just laugh it off and realize that, yo, this is the situation that's going on. I'm looking at the context and I'm realizing what was happening and I'm choosing to respond to be like, hey, stuff happened. I literally was distracted and not paying attention to this guy because I had just jumped out of a plane. That makes sense. It's not that big of a deal. It's okay. But if I want to choose to just ignore this feeling and push it to the side, it's not helping me grow. It's not helping me to process it. I'm just suppressing things. And I don't want to be sitting around suppressing cringe. No, I need to process and get it out, get it over with. So the next time it comes up, it's not a bother. And eventually, if the feelings do come, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm feeling that. And on we go. Like you just keep moving. But if you suppress it, you keep pushing it down. If you ignore it, if you don't put the energy to sit with those feelings, you can't heal from it. You, you can't develop from it. You can't mature with it. You can't embrace your humanity with it. So you can't just suppress and ignore and try to cut off these feelings. You need to sit with them. You need to embrace them. You need to process them. You need to learn from them. That's really what I want to encourage us. As black men, we have to sit with our feelings. We have to process them. We have to develop the emotional intelligence and the maturity to like, I feel things and it's okay for me to feel things. And this is what I'm going to choose to do with my feelings in a constructive and beneficial way. And there are a lot of resources out there. Like that's one of the big parts of like cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy, CBT, if I'm not mistaken, like learning how to like look at our feelings, process them, think about them and choose how we want to respond. So that's stuff that you can learn. You can just search how to do that on YouTube. <laughs> there, There is so many resources now online to help us to continue to learn how to develop our emotional intelligence and our mental health management and our mental health well-being. So whether you are going to a counselor or a therapist, or if you're just doing research on your own, we need to learn how to sit with our feelings. We need to learn how to sit with our emotions so that we can better manage them, so that we can better embrace them, so that we can ultimately become better men for ourselves and for glory and for good. You know, so that's, that's the whole thing. Thank you for watching. Again, if you've ever been skydiving, let me know. Leave a comment and let me know if you've ever been skydiving, where you went skydiving, and if you haven't, would you? <laughs> would you go skydiving? I want to know. I'm curious. I want to know. But Black Man, you're called for more than mediocre living. You're here for a purpose, to live for glory and for the good of others. Let's do the work and keep choosing to become beneficial for our community and for ourselves. I believe in you. Until next time, go make something for yourself, of yourself, and for glory and for good. Check your mental mental. Find time for an emotional release valve. I'll see you next time. Peace.